This is a Life Source Ministries teaching by Paul Drury. Be built up in your faith as you listen. <laughs> you know what's funny? Because most, most times whenever I preach in the house, because the living room's so warm, like I, 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 I like, you know, one of those uh, programs, those comedies, like, you know, we see people and they're at a news desk or whatever and they're in shorts, that's me. Every time I'm preaching, I'm preaching in shorts, I'll just take the beer up. Our Tanya was, was at the house one night, or was Tanya one night, she says, says you better hope that, that camera doesn't fall somewhere, it looks so funny, you start nickering down the legs and all that. <laughs> to be meeting together, and you know what, the words are the same all the time, man. and I, I tell you, it, it doesn't, it doesn't discourage, it, at times, like, you know, you like things moving on quicker, but it doesn't discourage me in the word ministers, I just love ministering the word, and I love, everybody's a, 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 an individual, and no matter whether it's a thousand here, or whether there's two, you still have to receive the word as an individual, and, um, and I believe the word that we have is good. I believe it's good seed, and I know from going places and ministering and traveling that you know what the word that we minister that God has graced us with. Um, I know that it's, it's uh, the message is able to change people's lives, and um, so it's good. And I, I believe God for more and more people coming in through the doors. Um, and so praise God. I'll tell you the character we're going to be talking on this evening. You know what he faced? He faced preaching and preaching and preaching. And um, you know what? It, it looked like he didn't have success. But you know what? We're all here today because of the person that we're going to look at tonight because of his faith. Amen. And uh, that's, no, that's Noah. We're going to get down to look at Noah here for a bit this evening. Uh, but we, we started here last week. And let me just look at this here. Hebrews 11 and verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it is the evidence of things not seen. And I assured you the other week that faith is your evidence. Faith is your proof. You know, all you need is, all you need is a word from God. That's what Shambach used to say. All you need is a word from God. That's all you need. And you know what, that's all any of us need, because the word, that's where faith comes, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and the word is your evidence, faith is your evidence, whether you see or not, you know what, the word becomes your evidence, and really for us as people of faith, our faith is based on God, and it's really based on how good he is, you see if God didn't keep his word, none of us would have faith. Amen. None of us would. So when you stem it back, it all goes back to faith is based on on our God's really is integrity, really our God's word. And because God's word is good, you can stake your whole life, your family, every aspect of your life on God and trust Him. And so it doesn't matter when God gives you a word, it doesn't matter whether you see it or not, you trust God so much because you know Him. You know his nature, you know his character, a character that you can take his word above what above over what you can see, that his word becomes your proof. Amen. And so faith is the substance, the evidence, the substance things before the evidence of things not seen. And look at faith, evidence is proof. And I looked at you know those words that mean title deed. It's all got to do with, you know, what you have assurance. That you can believe what God says. Whether you see it or not, you can base your life on what God says. And I'm telling you, people that took our home 
throne of God, at his word in the Bible, their lives were greatly affected. And I'll tell you, anybody I know who's taken God at his word, their lives have been greatly, greatly affected. Effective in our generation. Amen. You can take God at his word. I don't care what it looks like, I'm going to believe what God says. Amen. It doesn't matter. Seeing will line up with our believing. But a lot of people are looking to see first before they operate in faith. But you know what? We're faith people. Faith people don't need to see it to believe it. Faith people just need God's word because that is our evidence. Amen. You know, they're basics of faith, but you know what? You can't get away from it. They just shall live by faith. Amen. And I looked the other week, I was showing just as we started into this, I was showing that, you know, everybody that's a faith person needs to be a grace person. And everybody that's a grace person needs to be a faith person. Because they go hand in hand. Um, Jesus came full of grace and truth. But you had to offer his fullness, you had to be able to receive. And so the ability to receive is faith. You know, Jesus has so much to offer us. But if you don't have faith, you, you can't avail of that. You can't receive it. So it doesn't matter in a sense, you know, just in life. It doesn't matter what he has provided. If you don't come in faith, you can't get it. But the good news is is in his grace he has provided for us abundantly. You know, grace is God abounding towards you in all of his goodness. You know, just think about that. But you know what? what if, if God is abounding towards you and like, and you're you're standing right behind a dam, you, it doesn't matter if he's abounding towards you, you're not getting any of it. So the water, so to speak, can be rushing towards you, but the, you have a dam in your life that's stopping it from coming through to you. Well, how do you get it to come through to you? Well, I'll tell you, faith will punch a hole in that thing. And it's through faith then you're able to receive. So how do we get saved? Saved by grace and faith. So grace provided salvation, but faith receives it. It comes through faith to you. Amen. So it's the same with everything in God. So God in his goodness has provided everything for us. That takes the, the work out of trying to merge from God. But then faith then has an operation to it where faith believes and receives. And I tell you, faith then activates and walks that thing out, believing it. Amen. And we say tonight that faith people do. But we're not doing to earn. We're doing because we believe something. And when you believe something, and many you know when you truly believe something, you start to act it out. Yeah? If you believe something, you will act it out. You'll start to, you'll start to speak it out. And your life will start to go in that direction. And so that's why when you see people of faith, not alone do they, you know, believe. And sometimes people just say, I'm a faith person, I believe. That's okay, but if faith just stays in that place of believing, it's never going to accomplish anything because faith has to have expression. So faith needs to be released into the Lord. So it's, you get it in your heart, thank God for that, but then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. Amen. And then, um, uh, and then when you start to speak it, you know what I mean? Once you start speaking something, I'm telling you, you're speaking that out. You know what? Your mouth then becomes the rubber of your mouth. And the next thing you start saying, your actions start going towards what you are saying. Because, because you believe it. Amen. It changes your whole life. You know, I, I, I just, I, even just looking over my own life, the course of my life, my life, my life went a completely different course after I got saved and got in the Word. How about you? 
My life was going one direction until I got in the Word. And when I got in the Word, the Word got in me. And when the Word got in me, it started to change how I started to speak, how I started to see things. And the next thing I started to speak things that I'd never spoken before. And then next thing I'm going that direction. You know, you, 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 the Word will change you, it will transform you from the inside out. And then when you start seeing different on the inside, you start speaking different, believing different, acting different. But you know, the, the root of it is, it, you stand it all back, it comes back to, we serve a mighty God who loves us. He has provided so much for us in His grace. When you read what He's provided for you and the promises of God, and they're all freely given, they're all yes and amen. And then when you, when you realize that, well then what happens is when that gets in you, then you start, out of that relationship with God, you start to trust Him. You start to trust Him in the areas of your life, like even like giving. You start trusting Him. You say, God, you look after me. You're my need leader. Amen. You see, it's not like, you know, somebody just coming and saying, you need to give. No, you get a revelation of your God, that your God's a better plan for your life than what you have for your life. See, that's how the relationship, I have a good God. My God's not me. My God's not trying to take from me. My God is trying to bless me. And then what happens is you, you, you start putting faith in a God like God who meets all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God, next thing you're given because you don't trust in your money, you trust in your God. Amen, that's faith. That's how it works. You can apply that to any area. You can apply that to anything that you face in, in life. Amen. Now we looked at Abel and we looked at Enoch. But I'm going to get into, I'm not going to go back over those there, but because I want to get into Noah this evening, but I'll just say Enoch went from one place to another, and that kind of faith will take you from one place to another as well. These are characteristics of a faith person, really, what I'm looking at in this series. And Abel offered. So you can see that, you know, that faith people offer, and you know, all types and shadows of Jesus are, but last week I looked also as are looked at for us as believers that we offer as well. We offer the sacrifice of grace. We offer our lives really in service to God and our lives become a benefit to the kingdom of God. And then also we offer in the area of giving as well. And so we've seen that there was three areas that are a sacrifice for us to do as believers. Um, but it's not a sacrifice Praise God. I'm not even going to go back over there. <laughs> I'll get sidetracked if I go down that line tonight. But you know what? What I want to look at Noah tonight here. Um, because in, in Hebrews 11 and verse 7, it says here, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. That's, isn't that faith? Yeah. Of things not seen as yet. Because he's talking about being in this situation. So he's being warned of a common flood. It was actually going to be a judgment. Um, on the earth, he's being warned of God's, okay, God's interested in protecting you. God will warn you about things to come. Amen. God will show you things to come before they happen so that you can be prepared. He prepares your heart. I tell you, in our lives, we have had it happen so many times. You know what? Um, where we've known something was coming. We didn't know what it was, but it was God preparing us, getting us ready for it so that we can trust them and be ready and be prepared. And that's happened to myself and Donna loads of times where, you know, in prayer, God bringing something up and you're, and you're just, you're, you're like, God, what's happening here? You know something is is around the corner. But what is it? God loves us so much, He prepares us, gets us ready. 
And so that's one of the benefits of having the Holy Ghost in our lives. But it says, not being warned of things not seen as yet. So he was being warned of something that wasn't seen. What wasn't seen real. You know, you know when God made the earth, you can see in Genesis chapter 1 that there was water. And God, God separated the water. And so what he done was he, he put water in the heavens up, in, up, up, up high in the heavens. And he, 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 it was like a canopy around the earth of water. And this was, this was the way God set it up in Genesis. So there was water in the sky. And it was like a, a layer of water around the earth. And it was a canopy that was up there. And, and that, that's why when you read the beginning of Genesis, you see that people lived long until after the flood, lifespan went down like that. And the reason being is, well, one of the reasons is because of that canopy that was up there, it protected all of those rays coming through to do harm to, to mankind. And, um, and so you, you, man was protected, God protected man, but after the flood, then what happened was there was water up there, and the Bible says that there was water beneath the earth, and in the flood what happened was the water came down and the water came up. And so this whole planet changed the flood. The flood changed this whole planet. This, this planet was like a new world. When, when Noah came off the boat, eventually came off the boat, this planet was not the same as it was when Noah went into the flood. He came out into a whole different whole different world. I mean, uh, higher mountains, all of these kind of things. I mean, the earth erupted, pushed up mountains. There was layer after layer of layer, layer, layer of mud and all kinds of stuff just forming layer after layer coming up through the earth. You know, I, I tell you, this, this, this world went through a chaotic situation at the flood. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you, the history has... And all civilizations have recorded a worldwide flood. Yeah. All around, you know, you go and look at these things, you know, all, the, the, all around this world. And you know what, there's a lot of things in this world and only a flood can explain it. And thank God for a good Christian scientist who can talk a lot better than me and all of that kind of stuff and explain it. But, but there was a worldwide flood. But you know, here's the thing. Before the flood, there was no rain. What happened was there was water up there, there was water under the earth, and you know what? The Bible says there was a mist that would come up and it would water the earth. But then after the flood, then rain, rain came, and then you see all of the seasons and all that straight after the flood. And many of them like to live in that tropical climate. I oh, would just spend the rain. <laughs> uh, we're getting all of that rain coming down, it all seems to land here, so it does. But you know, here's the thing, Noah believed God. And it says, it says here, again, it says, but without faith it's impossible to place him, verse 7 where we were. Um, but now, but, or sorry, by faith, Noah being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness of faith. You know, you can see a couple of things here. So he believed God beyond what he had ever seen and started to build this boat, as we'll get into here in a second, but he started to build this boat inland. And he must have looked like a real lunatic. Like, let me tell you, no one looks stupid until the rain came. And sometimes you can look stupid yourself. 
I seen a good post yesterday, somebody had up, it said, um, talking about fools for Christ. It's basically saying, I, 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 I'm Christ's fool. Who's fooling you? You know, and, and, and you know what? Sometimes when you serve God to the world, you look like a fool. But I tell you, when you're a believer and you walk by faith, you look at the world and you think, I'm so glad I'm not there. I'm so glad I'm not living in the world's culture today. Amen. Um, but notice this here. here. See, when you're a person of faith, here's what happens. Faith, people move. Okay? The Bible says he moved with fear. That doesn't mean he was afraid. That means he moved with respect. And notice, these are characteristics of a faith person. And I said last week, I was saying that, you know, you, you can tell the characteristics of a dog. You know, something simple like it, you know, it barks and all the rest, it chases the postman, and all of those kind of things. You can know that's a dog because it has the characteristics of a dog. But when a person says they're a faith person, but they don't have the characteristics of a faith person, well then, they're not a faith person. Okay, and when I'm talking about faith, I'm talking about uh, living by faith, getting the word in you, and getting in you, and starting to change the direction of your life. I'm not talking about, you know, what faith are you, what denomination are you? We, we know when we're talking about the faith of God, Jesus said, have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. That's a faith person. That's a faith person. Not, a, not what faith you have. I'm, you know, brethren, or I'm Catholic, or I'm Protestant, or I'm, you know, whatever. That's, the, that's what man will break things up into denominations and say what faith you are. Well, I'm a, I'm, I, what faith are you? I'm the faith of God. Amen. I'm the believe in your heart and confess your life. Again, if a faith person, how about you? Amen. So that's what it means when we talk about a faith person. So when it's saying here that he moved with fear, it's not saying here that he, he was terrified. It means he respected what God said beyond what he could see. He had more respect for what God says. We live in a generation that doesn't respect what God says. But I'm telling you, if you're a person of faith, you will take what God says over your eyes. And he did. Because we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. If God's word says one thing, and society says the opposite, I'm sticking with God. That's a faith person. Why? Because a faith person respects what God says. You see, the Bible lets us know that Noah walked with God. And so when God spoke to Noah and said that this was going to happen, there was going to be a flood, because Noah had a relationship with God, he believed him. Amen. He believed him. He believed what he said. Praise God. That's where we are as faith people. So he, he moved with fear. And then it says that he prepared an ark. Here's another thing. Faith people make preparation. Amen. Many are prepared for more than God. Many are expecting more. But if you're expecting more than God, you know what you do? You prepare for it. You get ready for it. You know, I, I, I'm expecting a move of God. I, I, you know, I was thinking the other day, I was actually thinking, I was thinking about the message for, for tonight. I was thinking, how long have I been preparing that message? And I thought, you know what, the message I'm going to preach tonight, I've been preparing that for the last 28 years. Because I, I'll talk things that I've learned over the last 28 years. 
Most people say, how long did it take you to get ready for your message? I've been getting ready. Every message I've preached, I've been getting ready for it for a long time. There are some messages, you know, I say, you know, how long you've been getting ready. They mean like how long you've prepared, how long did it take you to study it. Well, maybe that message, you know, I was, I was maybe, you know, a day in it or whatever, maybe, maybe doing it. Some messages come like that. But I'll tell you, you see the whole basis of it? 28 years. And why? Because I'm prepared for what God has for me. You know, whatever God's called you to, you prepare for it. See, if you expect something, you prepare for it. You know, the ants, they prepare in the summer. Why? Because they expect winter to come. So they prepare, they're getting ready for what's ahead. Preparation means that you're getting ready for what's ahead. When Noah told, or when God told Noah to build the ark, Noah didn't say, ah, yeah, that's great, and I believe you. I believe that, Lord, I believe that, but didn't, didn't start building. <laughs> if, he, if he wouldn't have built, there wouldn't have been no protection for him. You know what I mean? No ark for him to get on. So he, he because he believed God, he started getting ready and he prepared. That's, that's powerful. That's a really key principle. And when you look in the Word of God, you will see that preparation time is never a waste of time. Amen. Never. You look at Jesus, 30 years preparing for a three and a half year ministry. 30 years. You look at um, Moses, 40 years preparing for his ministry. Preparation time is not a waste of time. And faith people prepare. So when we get a word from God, you know what we do? We start preparing for what's ahead. We are expecting, expecting God to do great things. Amen. Do you know, like, when I was 19, and God put in my heart to minister the word, I, I've shared this often, I couldn't even take notes. But I'll tell you what I did, I got in the word. And I used to sit and listen to tapes. I know those 90 minute tapes. Yeah. And I had listened to 45 minutes one side. Yeah. And I could tell you, there was times I listened and I never got one word of said. I, I remember listening to teaching on confidence and all of this kind of stuff, blood confidence and all. And I mean, I'd listen to oh, what on earth was that all about blood confidence and this and all the rest. But I like, having a clue. Don't understand one word that was said. But you know what? I learned something. Just keep hearing. And so I, I used to have the wee tape decks. Mom used to get me these wee tape decks as well. And she'd have me one sitting at the side and be up studying away. I mean, I looked the part like, but I hadn't got a clue what was being said. I, I, <laughs> the teaching was flat. I didn't understand one word. But then I noticed after a few months, it was like, it was like, you know, like we like this lit up and it was like that connected to this and that connected. And after a while, I started to see things started to take shape and pattern. In my mind, and it started to get some things. I was listening to teaching on faith, and I couldn't understand this thing. You know, you call things that be not, and all of this kind of stuff. I was like, what's all of that about? But you know, after reading, and you know, getting a hold of how God operates, and seeing God in Genesis chapter 1, and seeing how Jesus operated, and you know, seeing how we even got saved. I, t- I tell you, I started to click. But you know what, I just stuck with it. And then God put my heart to go to Dundalk, to go to um, church there, and to go to the Bible school that was there. What was all that preparation? Yeah. Getting ready. Then we started doing these foundation classes, and we'd do them on a Sunday morning. And it, it, it 
preach the same message. You know, week after week, you know, maybe you, you had 12 of them or something to do. And, you know, so there was, say there was six of us in the class or something. But we all had to listen to each other talking on faith. So there, there was uh, six of us talking on faith and six of us talking on whatever, you know, the Holy Ghost. And all the rest of us the whole way through. But we were doing that week in, week out, week in, week out, week in, week out, week out, week in. But what was it doing? It was preparing, getting ready for those times to speak. And, you know, and really, you know, we had a basis of what this speak. But, you know, it was all growth and preparation. But, you know what? From, 19, from age 19, I believe God's a plan for my life to minister the word. But, you know, I haven't been sitting about for the last 28 years. I've been putting the word in and getting prepared for what God has for my life. Amen. It's all preparation. And you know what I haven't? I haven't hit what God has fully for me yet. I haven't hit it. I'm not, I, but you know what? I, but, I, but you see, I'm not sitting back saying, you know, I'm not there and just sitting there waiting for it. No, I'm preparing for it. I'm praying it out. I'm believing God. I'm, I'm, I haven't spent the last 28 years of my life sitting back lazy, waiting for something to happen. I've, I've, I, I know what God has for my life and I've been going after it in faith. You know, faith people move. Faith people prepare. And that's exactly what Noah did. He got ready for what it was God had for his life. Amen. It's powerful. Faith has arms and legs. Well, let me just let me just look at a couple of things here. Just read these couple of things out of Noah this evening because there's, there's some weird things to learn about about Noah and just things that we can draw from from, the, from this uh, situation. But you know, in Noah's day, I'm telling you, the earth was the earth was bad. We think it's bad now. It's been four thousand um, five hundred years from the flood, and it's only now we're starting to see getting back to the days of Noah. But Noah's day was wild. And the Bible says of Noah's day, says Genesis 6 and verse 5, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every, look at that, that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and fowls of the earth. For it repented me that I have made them. But then it says in verse 8, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Thank God there was, there was, there was someone there that God could use. Someone there that had a heart after God in the middle of all of that. And let me say this here. You can serve God in a wicked generation. You can serve God in a corrupt generation. Sometimes people say, you know what, I don't know how you know, if it bring kids up in this generation or whatever. You know, it's getting dark out there. Let me tell you, you can walk with God in any generation. Noah did it. In the worst generation, Noah was walking with God right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it, right in the middle of wickedness, right in the middle of all perversion. The culture of that day was totally opposite to God's culture. So bad that it was that God says, this has went too far. Fresh start, wipe it out and start again. That's how bad it was. But you know what, right in the middle of it, there was a man walking with God right in the middle of it. Sometimes people can feel like that in our generation. You know, we live in a generation... That just needs to be getting worse and worse 
From a believer's point of view, it doesn't make sense when you look into the world. When you look at the culture of the world, it is so opposite to the kingdom of God. But here we are walking with God right in the middle of it. And I'll tell you something else. Noah found grace. Noah found grace in the middle of all of that situation. Let me tell you, the grace of God is abounding towards us but as believers right in the middle of this, this world that we're in. If you learn to receive from it, there is enough grace to keep you walking with God in the middle of this generation. Amen. And I love that there when it says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord because, you know, when God called you, called you and called you to something, it's always greater than your ability. It's greater than you. You know, when God calls you to something, how many of you know you need him? To do what God's called you to do, how many of you know you need God to do it? Just like I was saying there a moment ago, I couldn't, I couldn't even take notes, and here's God calling me to preach. And you can hear whatever I speak. So there's times I fumble over words, there's times I say the wrong words. You know what, um, Pastor Stan, who was uh, my pastor and mentor um, in, in the Word, he would make up words. Yeah. He didn't know, I mean, if I got the Word, and I don't know what that Word is, he'd just make one up on his path. But I'll tell you what, you knew exactly what he was talking about. And he had a way of ministering where people got it. Yeah. You, you know, we, God calls people to do things. That they're not going to be able to do it in their ability. They're going to need to learn how to receive the grace of God to do it. In other words, in other words let me put it this way. I don't believe that Noah ever built a boat in his life. He maybe never held a tool in his life. You know, there's that film that they made, Avon Almighty. Did you ever see it? It was like um, Bruce Almighty that had Jim Carrey, you know, wanting to be God. Messed everything up, and then you had Ivan Almighty, where you had uh, the guy, and he worked in an office and suit and tie kind of a job. And then the next thing, you know, he's, he's building a boat, you know, in, in the film. You know, I don't believe Noah ever lifted a tool in his life, kind of a thing, you know. I don't believe he ever built a boat, he was in land. But God put in his heart to build this boat. You know what, he had to learn how to receive from God and learn. You see, when God calls you to something, you walk with him in it. But Noah walked with God. You know what, God will put something in your heart that's so big that you're going to have to walk with him for that thing to be manifested. And not come to pass any other way, you have to walk with him. You know, I, I can imagine Noah, <laughs> I can imagine Noah thinking, you know what, how am I going to build this? Like, I've never, never saw anything before in my life. But you know what, he walked with God. God, God revealed unto him how to do it. He didn't just give him the plans for the boat, for the ark. I believe God, as he walked with God, God started revealing to him how to do certain things, revealed to him how to act in certain situations. Like, you know, you, you guys that have done business. You know, you, you start out in business in God. You know, you believe God to, to look after you, cross for you, but you know, you come up against things and you go, God, how do, how, what do we do here? Yeah. You have to ask God, you, do, you know the direction that you're going, but then but you still want to have that relationship with God. And God, God, I've never done this before. God, I've never done that. God, how do we do this? What are you doing? You're, you're praying. I believe Noah had to do that. 
I believe Noah walked with God, found grace in the sight of God. God's grace abounded towards this man. God said, I, 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 I called you to build this boat. I'm going to save, save you and your family. Walk with yes. God to walk that out, to pray that out. You know what? The more I go on my Christian walk, the more I realize how valuable prayer is. Because you need to be in constant communication with God. And, and, and you get to the end of yourself sometimes when you do it in yourself. And then you realize, I need to rely on God to do what he's called me to do. I need to ask God. You'll not fulfill what God has for your life, doing it in your own wisdom, your own strength, your own ability. You have to be constantly drawn from God, drawn from His grace. You know, be in communication with Him. There's no other way. So Noah heard from God in the middle of this crooked, perverse, as many times people say, crooked and perverse generation. This was a real crooked and perverse generation. Really bad. And I'm telling you, there's always been, it's always been like that. But it's, it's, it's for, for us, like we, we've lived in about generations, but I'm telling you, it's getting worse and worse and worse as we get closer to the end days. So, so Noah started building a boat by faith. And I'm telling you, to do what God's called you to do, there's only one way to do it, and that is by faith. There's no other way. There is no other way. You know, when, when it talks over in Peter, it talks about the end days. It's talking about the flood and everything, you know, Noah went through and all the rest of it. But it talks about the end days, there's going to be scoffers and mockers. And there's that, and there's no, just like in Noah's day, there was scoffers and there was mockers. There was people, is that word to build a boat? <laughs> Samuel, build a boat. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there were scoffers. In the end days, the Bible says there would be scoffers, mockers. You know, like, when's God going to come back? You know, I mean, there's no fellow up there. You know, it's a waste of time. Our generation is mocking God from the schools, the, you know, comedians, the just TV, to everybody. I mean, teachers mock God, you know. Teach the kids there is no God. But that's just our generation. If you stand up for Christian beliefs now, you're laughed at, you're mocked. If you want Noah's mocked as well, hey, can you think about Noah? I, I, I like to think. I like to when I when I think about Bible stories, I like to I like to just think. I wonder what could have happened. You know what I mean? Not saying it did happen like this, but you know what? I can I can imagine Noah starting out and just like anybody that's ever walked with tools, you know, takes a bit of practice to get going. You know, anybody's ever met a cop, you know, they always say measure measure twice, cut once. You know, when you're cutting wood, you know, that kind of a thing goes, you know, how many of you have ever cut something? I'm sure you have some of them as well. David there too. All of us, anybody that's ever worked with tools, you know, you, you, you think you measure it right, you get up, you, you climb up ladder, and you go to stick a piece in, and you know what, it's a foot short. I'm sure Noah done things like that. I'm sure he put stuff up and it fell back down, and everybody was laughing. I ain't gonna the boat. You know, because Noah told everybody what it was for. The Bible says he was a preacher of righteousness. This man preached this whole time with only a couple of converts. His wife, <laughs> his wife, his sons and their wives. Eight of them made it at the end of it. They laughed him to scorn. They made fun of him. 
They, they, you know, it's like Nehemiah as well. Remember when Nehemiah built the wall? They stood in the raft and if a fox walks on the wall, it'll fall down. I'm not holding up anything. No one is that that's mapping it. And you know what? When you go after what God's called you to, there's a lot of people who will stand back and laugh at you. Yeah. Oh, they weren't laughing when it started to rain. They weren't laughing when it started to rain. And you know what? To do what God's called you to do, you have to get over people. Because people hold you back. Yeah. Because everybody's an opinion. And Facebook and all of these, Twitter and all that, they've given people a platform to voice them. So people voice their opinion. I've had plenty of opinions voiced at me over the years. Things said, messages sent, all of these kind of things. But I don't value people's opinion over God. See, just like Noah, you see, Noah feared God. That means he respected God more than all of the laughing. All of the people making fun of him over it, whenever he got things wrong, building the boat, cutting things wrong or whatever, and then laughing and scorn, thinking, what is this idiot doing? What is he building? He's lost his marbles. Because he obviously was doing something different, and now he's invested in building the boats. And people think he's mad, but he was far from mad. What was he existing? Trust in God. Amen? In faith. I'd love to see their faces when all the animals start coming. <laughs> What's going on here? Who are these two that coming? I'd love to have seen their face and everything. But you know what? He, he trusted God. He's a man who trusted God. And there's a couple of things. The flood was 1,500 years after creation. The, the estimate was 2,348 BC. So that's uh, approximately 4,500 um, years ago. Whenever this happened, and, and if you look at the earth at that time, there was a lot of things happened. You understand, if you've ever studied things out like in Genesis, you know what? There was fallen angels that came down and, and uh, produced giants for the women. It was a, it was a Strange time to be alive, and in the middle of all of that, here's a man believing God, building a boat by faith, amen. But the key was he walked with God. That's the key. Genesis um, 6 and verse 9 it says, Noah walked with God. Powerful. Now, there's a lot of people as well who believe that, that it took 120 years for the ark to be built. Have you ever heard that? They say it takes it took 120 years for the ark to be built. You know, I, I just, I'm just going to throw it out for you tonight. It didn't take that long for the ark to be built. Nobody knows how long it took for the ark to be built. Now, God said that my spirit will not always strive with man, but he, he mentioned 120 years, and that's where they get that 120 years from. And so they say that it was 120 years, but when you look at if you look at all, I've looked it up, and um, it couldn't have been that length of time because um, Noah's God told Noah that he was going to build the ark um, when he had children, and then um, when um, Shem went onto the went went onto the ark, he would have been 96 because two years after he came off the ark, he was 100. So it couldn't have been 120 years. 
Okay? When you look it up, I'm not going to do all that mathematics, if it, you know, there, but, but when you look it up, he couldn't have been. And, um, you know, we don't know when, when he got married. So, like, if he, if he got married when he, was, when he was 50, like, he was late 40s. So it could have been 40 years. Um, I was looking at... Um, um, do you know that? Do you know the, do you know the guys in America that built the, the ark, the replica? Do you know that? Well, they reckon that the, the ark took about 55 to 75 years. But the reality of it is, nobody knows how long it was, but it was a long time, it was decades. Do you know what? Do you, do you, faith people are just faithful. Just doing what God has put in their heart to do. You, you can look at it for God with, with Noah. God provided everything for him, but Noah had to go and get it. He had to go and get it by faith, but God made provision for him. And Noah had to stick with it. Can you, can you imagine? I just like to think just from a, we're all human. I don't know any human that has, has went through life without facing disappointment. Or set out to do something and, and never face challenges and great disappointment and had to get up and just go for it. I'm sure there was many at nights Noah walked, walked all day and came home that night with sore or cuts on his hands or and everybody laughing at him all day. People taking their lunch break to come down laughing and building this ark. But he kept going for decades. Again, what? Do you think he has stories? Stories? Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people do believe it. A lot of people believe that locking their hands out of the getting things done. You know, because you wonder how did they do it all? But he can't bother. I admire people that just keep going. Amen. Amen. I, I tell you, I, I, you see, over the years, you see, whenever like you know you. You look back on your Christian walk, like I've had so many people over the years, even going to preaching in different places, people come and people go. I've had people tell me all of the things that they're called to do, boy, and boy, they, they, they stuck on it for about a month. Yeah. You know, when our, our God's called me to do this, that, and the other, and you'd say, you know, especially in grace at the time, you'd say, you know what, we've a wonderful Bible school. You know, if God's called you to do it, you need, you need to go to Bible school. And they don't show up. I'll show up for one class and leave. I, I tell you, I never learned anything. I had to learn something, I didn't learn everything in one class. <laughs> but it was good, you had to go to the next one and the next one. Yeah, you had to get it in, yeah. You know, and I, and I admire, we think of Noah. Boy, he was faithful for decades and no seeming success. I was listening to a preacher there the other week and he started a church years ago. He had started a church in Houston, you know, where there's a lot of big churches. And he said, I set out to start church. He says, and you know what? I showed up, he says, it was me and my family and that was it, like the first service. He says, and I preached like a maniac. He says, and the first I preached like there was thousands. He says, and I thought, oh, that's it. That'll be honest and change. Year later, there's only a couple of people. This is like in a big city. Two years later, 
I think he had a small crowd and a, a, a double, but I mean a, a double to like, you know, like about 30 in a city. And he stayed year after year after year after year. And the time it was, I, I can't remember how many years he was up. And at that time, he was in a big city and he had um, 200 and something people. But he said, but I'm not going to do the things just to get a crowd. I'm going to teach the word. And he kept faithful, and I don't know how big his church ever got. But you know what? He talked about the, the, the discouragement and the, uh, the temptation to try and do things just, just to get a crowd, but you'd have to leave the word or all of the things of the things of God to the side. And he said he would not do it. And he talked about the discouragement. And you know what? I, I, I faced discouragement at times. I've, I've went and ministered sometimes and I've ministered to people and think, what? How did anybody get anything out of that? Because the devil loves to beat your brains. And the thing about it is, many times you're your own worst critic. You know, I think we all probably are. And it's, you, know, some, you have some people, they love themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're the biggest, they're the biggest uh, cheerleader. <laughs> but I think, I think most people, you know, can be very hard critically on themselves. But you know what, you, what do you do? You just get yourself up and say, you know what, God, you're a good God. God, you more for me. Amen? I always remember, about when you give your testimony, the discouragement, facing out and things. No. Anybody has done anything in life has faced discouragement. Amen. But it didn't take that long. It didn't take that long to build the ark. But let, let me just bring out these couple of things. You see, God said to Noah to make. Look at this here. This is Genesis six. I'm going to finish up with this this evening. But God said to make, um, make thee an ark of gopher wood. And rooms they shall make it, you know, pitch it within and out. And it goes through a specific plan of, of the ark. But I want you to see here, because here's, these are keys for faith, people. Notice it says, you make it. There's a lot of people who are waiting for God to do it. But Noah had to make the ark. Yeah. Now, God gave Noah the plan. This is what happens. Sometimes, sometimes people get things mixed up. Some people just go out and I'm going to do it. But they never got the plan. You know what I mean? They're going to do it with it. And they're not walking with God. Noah walked with God. God told Noah what to do. And then when God told him what to do, then by faith he went after it. Amen? See, he, he found what God had for him. And then he went after it. There's a lot of people who don't do that. And that's when you get into works. That's when you're doing it. You're doing your plan. You're doing your purpose. But you know what? Noah found out what God had from him and then he went after it. But you can see Noah had to do it. And if you read through Genesis chapter 6, you'll see that it says then, uh, all through that he had to make it. Verse 15. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make. Theater, a window shall you make. Thou shalt set in the sides. And it goes right through this, all of the things that Noah had to do. And then in verse 16 it says, um, that, uh, 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 And thou shalt make it. And in verse um, 22 it says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. You know what, Noah, the Bible says, By faith he prepared, he made it. 
And he did it by faith. God is working through us. It's not God and it's not us. It's God working through us. Amen. Amen. God's using us in the earth. We're his church. We're, we're his arms. We're his legs. We're his body in the earth. Jesus is the head. We get all of our information from him. Amen. That's why you have to be in the right alignment with the head. And then he's working through his body in the earth. And the Bible says he's getting glory through his church. And so he's, he, he's not here doing it literally. He was here. But he left, sent the Holy Ghost. And now if God's going to do anything in this earth, he's going to find someone. That's why his eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for someone he can show himself strong on their behalf. Amen. And that's why we have to be people. People of faith are walking with God. People of faith are like, no, walking with God in the midst of a world where everybody's talking negative. Everybody's saying nothing good can happen. No one's thinking something good's going to happen for me because I'm telling you what, I'm coming out the other side of what's coming down the road. And he started to build. Amen. And he built a boat and God brought him through the storm. And there are other lessons you can see in Noah as well. doesn't matter what you face, you can go through it. When you do it, where's God? God told him not to make, make, a, make a boat, put a door in the side, and that ark is a real type of Jesus. There's only one way in. Amen? There's only one way in. God closed the door. Let me tell you, when you receive Jesus, God seals you. You're sealed by the Holy Ghost. There's only one window that it talks about in the ark. And I'm telling you, do you know where it was? Up. That's where you look when you're in a storm. Look to God. He'll give you a strength to bring you through. When you're in a storm, look up. My help comes from the Lord. A lot of people, you know, are in a storm and they're looking everywhere else. Facing coronavirus and lockdowns and all this. And they're looking at the news for help. You're not going to get help from the news. You get help from the Lord. Look up. As we are strengthening, all of those things come. And I'm telling you, God protected Noah and his family and brought them out the other side of that, that storm. They were in it. Can you imagine what they felt in that storm? What they were thrown from side to side. You know, you might like, well, I haven't been on the boat in years, but you know what? I never really did too well on boats. And I come from a fishing background. My dad, my, my, my mom's dad, my granddad, he was a fisherman all his life. It was his job. And here's me, I'd, I'd be going to Scotland, I'm up on the top the whole time, because if I go down inside, my stomach starts going circles. I stay out in the fresh air the whole time, I'm freezing from start to finish. <laughs> I'm coming into Scotland like that, <laughs> just stay in the fresh air. But can you imagine what, what uh, no one has found me for like in uh, I'm sure, like, you'd, you'd hear the, the water banging off the side of the, the ark. They were in it. Do you know how long Noah was in that boat for? One year and 17 days in the ark. One year. But here's the thing that you find in your read through this, and I'm going to finish here this evening. Say that a few minutes, But anyway, the Bible talks about the waters that they prevailed. They prevailed. They just kept coming and coming. And coming, and coming, and coming, and coming, and coming, and then it got to a stage where it said, and the water started. See? Amen? Storms don't last forever. Amen? Amen? It doesn't matter what you face, face it in God. 
Amen. When you face it in God, it doesn't matter what comes against you. Because the water just can't keep coming. It's going to come for a, a period of time. And for us as believers, we know this. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Amen. Nothing. Let me tell you, we, we know we're victorious in Jesus Christ. Amen. And, um, and I know in the flood that was, that was the judgment. But you know, we face storms in life. Let me tell you, it's the devil coming against us. It's, it's circumstances of life. You know, when you get the word in your heart, Satan comes immediately. And when, 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 the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, let me tell you, the Spirit of the Lord rises up a standard Amen. against him. Amen. That's a Holy Ghost in us. So he was in the boat for a year and 17 days. That's how long he was in the boat. But you know what? It didn't last forever. And they came out of that boat. They came out of that storm into a new, whole new arena. Into a whole new arena. And I'm telling you, for us in God, praise God, we're coming out of this whole stuff into a whole new arena. In God. Amen. Amen. I'm believing for great things. Uh, I'm telling you, we're going to see in our generation, we're going to see an explosion of the move of the Holy Ghost in our generation. We're going to see increase in signs, wonders, miracles. We're going to see uh, manifestation, demonstration in our generation. We're going to see the move of God in our generation. Amen. The best days for us are yet to come. Praise God. And if you believe that, you know what? You'll expect it. Amen. You'll expect it. Here's another thing, if you read in 2 Peter when it talks about um, end days and you know all of the things it looks back at Noah's day and you can see Noah's an example. But it says when you realize, yes there's an end time and all of those kind of things, when you realize all of that, when you realize what's coming down the line, well then the Bible says what, what manner of man ought we to be? What kind of people should we be? I'm telling you for believers, we know what's happening. Yeah. And it says there we should be people that are holy. But that means we, we should, in the midst of this world, we should be people set apart unto God, unto what God has for our lives. Say, God, my life's for you. I don't care what's happening. I don't care what's happening in the world. I don't care about American politics and all this, Trump, Biden, all of the rest of it. You know, like, whatever happens, that's, you know, people get into that to, to extremes and all the rest. There's nothing wrong with looking at things and finding out what's happening in the world. But I know this. I'm going to walk with God in my generation, no matter what the politicians are doing, or no matter what they're teaching in the universities, and no matter what people think. I'm going to walk with God. And I'm telling you, I'm going to see what God has for my life, and you're the same. Amen? So praise God. These are some good characteristics for a faith person. Faith people, prepare. Amen. So praise God. Well, leave it there this evening. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for Hebrews chapter 11. So we see these great heroes of faith, Lord. They loved you and their generation, Lord. What were you? They weren't perfect people, but Lord, they were people of faith, people that believed you, people that took you at your word, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that in the midst of this generation, there is a people that love you, Lord. 
that are in relationship with you, that are hungry for all that you have for them, Lord. Thank you for listening to this teaching by Paul Drury. Our vision at Life Source Ministries is to reveal Jesus' love and grace to all generations. To stay up to date with the ministry, like Life Source Ministries on social media or visit our Facebook page. Contact us with any questions or if you would like Paul to minister for you, email lifesourceministries1 at gmail.com. That is Life Source Ministries followed by the number one at gmail.com.